Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you have done for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for grace and mercy given to us, grace upon grace, mercy and mercy upon mercy. Your love and kindness for us is eternal and permanent and everlasting. We praise you tonight, Lord Jesus, for saving us from our sins so that we might have a, a new life and a new opportunity to live for you while we're on this earth. We pray, Lord, for those who we know who do not know the Lord Jesus. We pray for them tonight in their, their deadness to life and their dullness and their unbelief and their inability to have any joy that lasts. And we pray that you would lead us to our friends and to others so that we might share the good news that Jesus saves and Jesus changes permanently. He's, you've changed our lives and we are, we are your people, examples of your grace. So Lord, tonight we pray for those who cannot be with us, who, who are joining us online for whatever their condition. We pray that you might be with them tonight in a special way. We pray for all of the ministries going on tonight across this campus. We thank you for the, the work that you are doing among us. And we thank you, Lord, that we can join you in carrying out the work you've called us to do. We pray for our students and for our children's ministries, all of the Bible studies and our teachers who teach adults in addition to our choir and all the good things that you've given to us. We are a blessed people. We're grateful, Lord. We don't want to forget these days because we don't always have these days. So may we honor and glorify you. And as Mike prayed earlier, we do pray for those who are in foster care and those who are orphaned and in children in troubled conditions. May you be their protector, their redeemer, and their provider as you will. You always are because you're good and faithful and you care for the least. May we come along and do the same as a church. And we thank you, Lord, now. We ask that you would help us as we open the Word of God. And as we all look at these words, may the Holy Spirit of God, who is in us as believers, speak forth your words to us in a very clear way, whatever we need to hear each of us individually in the con conditions and circumstances we're in, may we hear it tonight clearly, and then obey what we've heard. Give us understanding tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good evening. Good to see all of you. If you have a, a Bible with you, you'll want to find your place in Proverbs chapter 23. If you're new with us tonight, there are outlines available at the back as you came in, and there are also some right here in the middle. Uh, I would encourage you to pick that up. It'll help you follow along a little bit more in what we're doing. So we're continuing our study through the book of Proverbs, uh, seeking to understand how to live wisely, how to live wisely. As I've mentioned to you many times, the, living wisely is not something that just young people need. Living wisely is what all of us need in our walk with God and living for the Lord. So tonight we come to uh, chapter 23. And as we've been doing, this is our habit, if you're new with us tonight, our habit is to read the entire chapter 
And then I'll take the time to give you some um, explanation tonight. Uh, it is a chapter filled with life conduct, how we're to live our life in this world in the fear of God. And uh, you'll have to go back and look at the uh, other elements of this. We've looked at a number of things just to, because I know some of you have not been with us. So uh, you have um, a number of chapters put together around the comparison between the upright and the wicked. And those chapters go through uh, chapter 18. But then we came and we started a new section in the book of Proverbs that actually changes in its uh, contrasts and its themes to living in the fear of God. And the book of Proverbs from chapter 19 all the way through 23 talk about life and conduct. Life and conduct. How do I live my life? How do I walk with God in the world? Also, what we're reading in Proverbs, we're reading about what God says about the world. In other words, this is the way the world is all at the same time. So when you read some of these chapters, they seem chaotic, they seem confusing, they seem to not go together. That's the world. That's what's been happening in the world today all over the place. And we've seen this week by week. Uh, but tonight, we don't have observations about the world. We have an entire chapter given to us as commands. How do I live in the fear of God in the world? Well, we'll see 15 life conduct principles and we'll work our way through them tonight. So first we read the Word of God together. Proverbs chapter 23. Now again, let the Word of God speak to you. Each of you will find your own um, application for these words based on what you're going through in your life. And I would recommend to all of you to know and understand that the the wonderful, wonderful blessing of the book of Proverbs. When you can read it and reread it and take it in, it is the Holy Spirit speaking to us about how to live under the sun and glorify God and live in the fear of God. That's the theme of the book of Proverbs, living in the fear of God. Proverbs 23, verse 1, When you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you. And put a knife to your throat if you are a man of great appetite. Do not desire his delicacies, for it is deceptive food. Do not weary yourself to gain wealth. Cease from your consideration of it. When you set your eyes on it, it is gone. For wealth certainly makes itself wings like an eagle that flies toward the heavens. Do not eat the bread of a selfish man or desire his delicacies. For as he thinks within himself, so is he. He says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. You will vomit up the morsel you have eaten and waste your compliments. Do not speak in the hearing of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of your words. Do not move the ancient barrier, a boundary, excuse me, or go into the fields of the fatherless, for their Redeemer is strong. He will plead their case against you. Apply your heart to discipline 
and your ears to words of knowledge. Do not hold back discipline from the child. Although you strike him with the rod, he will not die. You shall strike him with the rod and rescue his soul from Sheol. My son, if your heart is wise, my own heart also will be glad. And my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak what is right. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. Surely there is a future and your hope will not be cut off. Listen, my son, and be wise and direct your heart in the way. Do not be with heavy drinkers of wine or with gluttonous eaters of meat, for the heavy drinker and the glutton will come to poverty and drowsiness will clothe one with rags. Listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. Buy truth and do not sell it. Get wisdom and instruction and understanding. The father of the righteous will greatly rejoice and he who sires a wise son will be glad in him. Let your father and your mother be glad and let her rejoice who gave birth to you. Give me your heart, my son, and let your eyes delight in my ways. For a harlot is a deep pit and an adulterous woman is a narrow well. Surely she lurks as a robber and increases the faithless among men. Who has a woe? Who has a sorrow? Who has contentions? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Those who linger long over wine. Those who go to taste mixed wine. Do not look on the wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly. At the last it bites like a serpent and stings like a viper. Your eyes will see strange things and your mind will utter perverse things. And you will be like one who lies down in the middle of the sea or like one who lies down on the top of a mast. They struck me, but I did not become ill. They beat me, but I did not know it. When shall I awake? I will seek another drink. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God now. We ask that the Holy Spirit of God would be our teacher. Grant us understanding to the truths that you have for us. May the Holy Spirit of God challenge us with these things and may we be convicted of those things that we see in our lives that we've heard here tonight that keep us from living victoriously in the fear of God and living with wise conduct in the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now before we go to the detail, I'd like for you to take your Bible, keep your place in Proverbs 23. I'd like for you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And I want to make a comment from the New Testament about how these things go together for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Paul is speaking in 1 Corinthians to the Corinthian church about the importance of your body. 
your physical body. And so as he's speaking about the importance of the physical body, he gives a very important principle by which we're to all live. And so here we have it in 1 Corinthians 6, 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. And you could add the phrase for me. All things are lawful for me. This is 1 Corinthians 6, 12. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. I will not be mastered by anything. You see, the fear of God, when I fear God, when I know that God knows what I'm doing every day, watches me, knows my thoughts, knows my goings, knows how long I'm going to live, knows the days of my life, as we see in our focal truth at the top, we live in the fear of God always. Or as the paraphrase says, be only God-fearing men at all times. This is our task as followers of Jesus. This was not just something for the, Jew, the Jews and the Hebrews. So I ask you tonight, do you see this connection? The fear of God leads to godly conduct. And when I live with godly conduct, I say to myself this phrase, because I fear God, I will not be mastered by anything. I will not be mastered by anything. This Greek word for mastery in uh, 1 Corinthians 6 is a word that means to control or to have power over. I ask you tonight, what controls you? What controls you? Or may I say, who controls you? Who controls you? You see, there are powers that control your body and your mind and your thinking. There are powers that control your desires that lead to your will and then your actions and what you do. I will not be mastered by anything, says Paul the Apostle, says the Christian. Us old people in here, what are you mastered by? What are you mastered by? I will not be mastered by anything. Not everything's profitable for me, Paul says. Not everything's profitable for you and for me. We must determine what is profitable. What is profitable? What is valuable? What is the most important? What are the most important things that I must be about? The priorities of my life. I'm living in the fear of God. I want to please God and I know that the Lord knows that I have a certain amount of days. I will not be mastered by anything. So now we have 15. Did you notice, by the way? Did you notice? Everything matters as you read your Bible. Did you notice? How many times we read the phrase, do not, now we're back in Proverbs 23, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not. Yes, these are commands. These are commands for those who do not want to be mastered by anything. You see, we're called as followers of Jesus to be overcomers. That's not like an ideal. I hope you're listening to the preacher here. That's not like an ideal. Boy, it'd really be good if I could be an overcomer. No, actually, if you're saved, you will be an overcomer. You will overcome. You will overcome your fears. You will overcome. You will overcome your addictions and your, uh, your desires for fleshly and ungodly things. You will overcome. When I am saved, 
The power of the Holy Spirit of God is in me and I overcome. I overcome and I follow Jesus and I will not be mastered by anything. You see, we have Christians who think, well, I can have a little Jesus and I have a little of this with it, like a mixed thing. I'll have a little Jesus and I'll have a little of this and I'll be okay. The problem is the little of this will always control you and control your flesh and keep you from following Jesus. It can't be a little Jesus and a little of this. No, we must say, we must say every day of our Christian life, I will not be mastered by anything. I am going to submit myself to the Lord Jesus Christ in the fear of God, and I am going to hear what the Word of God says, and I will obey it by the help of the Holy Spirit. So we have 15 principles of living in the fear of God tonight, and you could almost attach the phrase to it, I will not be mastered by my appetites, number one. So we read these verses together. Now, now notice most of your Bibles have, your Bibles will paragraph sections of the Proverbs if it's appropriate. Now, you have in uh, most study Bibles, your Bible will probably do some paragraphing in Proverbs 23. That's, by, that's why, because, that's why the, the sections are a little clearer and so they can be placed set apart so that you see each one of these 15 principles. That's what I've identified for you. So the first principle is found in the first three verses. When you sit down to dine with a ruler, you probably won't be invited to a meal with the president. Maybe you will, I don't know, or the governor or, or um, whoever it might be. But let's just say when you sit down to dine with a friend, you sit down to dine with your boss. You sit down to dine with whoever it might be. You sit down for a meal. When you sit down for a meal, consider what is before you. This is the principle that helps us with protecting ourselves from fleshly cravings for food, which leads to the great sin of gluttony. You know, I've often thought about this and I've been grieved by it again this week. So we come Saturday morning, Pat and myself, 6.30 to get ready. We've put up the, the starting point for dear people to come up the hill to get their box of food. And at 6.30 we walk in and the cars were already lined up down the driveway to 70. We weren't going to give away food till 10 o'clock. I hope you heard what I just said. This matter of um, appetite, this matter of how much, uh, we've talked about this before, how much is enough as far as money, but how much is enough when it comes to food? I think about our brothers and sisters in uh, Cuba that we minister to, our last group that went there, well, there's not enough food on that island and certainly not for the Christians because they're out with the government. They have to pool everything they have just to make it. I know food, I know grocery prices are high. I know that those are realities for us. Not all, but most of our people have cupboards 
and refrigerators full. And we eat more than we need. When you sit down to dine with a ruler, consider carefully what is before you and put a knife to your throat if you are a man of great appetite. There's the word. Do not, do not desire his delicacies for it is deceptive food. You know, there are some, as Paul says, who make God their appetite. I read, uh, I won't read the text, but it's Philippians 3.19 when Paul's talking about false teachers. He's talking about their shame. And then he says, and their God is their belly. That's the King James. But in other translations, the word belly is the word for appetite. Their God is their appetite. Their God is their appetite. So we eat till we're full. We eat till we can't eat, any, eat anymore. And then we go home and go to sleep. While others don't have anything to eat. I'm saying this to you to remind you that in Dixon County and the surrounding areas, not everyone will sit down to dine with a lot of extra food on the table. So what does our church do? Well, we have a responsibility and we're trying to take it seriously. But there are others who need our help and we need to pay attention. For us, we learn the principle here, I will not be mastered, number one, by my appetite. My literal appetite. Number two, I will live, I will not be mastered by greed. I will not be mastered by greed. Notice the next paragraph. Do not weary yourself to gain wealth. Cease from your consideration of it. When you set your eyes on it, it is gone. For wealth certainly makes itself wings like an eagle that flies toward the heavens. The uh, paraphrase, the Aramaic paraphrase says, Do not toil to gain wealth. Have the sense to desist. You see, you see, if it, uh, then you see it, then it's gone. It grows wings and flies away like an eagle heavenward. You see, it's a warning against covetousness. It's a warning against all kinds of greed. I read to you from Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 17, just for a moment. Ephesians 4, 17 says, So this I say and affirm together, this is Ephesians 4, 17, this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer as the Gentiles. He's talking about don't live like people who don't know Jesus. He's describing Gentile. He's using the word Gentile to describe those who do not walk with God. He says, he's writing to Christians. Who Here's the way they live. Here's the way people who don't know Jesus live. They live in the futility of their mind. They are darkened in their understanding. They're excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them because of the hardness of their heart. And they having become callous, they're callous. They're not, they, nothing bothers them anymore. Fighting, hate, killing, stealing, lying, abuse, it doesn't matter anymore. There's callous as this old wood table. Callous. 
having given themselves over to sensuality, and this is the phrase, for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. You know what happens when you engage and indulge in sin and let it master you? You have greed for more of it. I want more of this wickedness and this sinfulness and this godly. I want more of this ungodliness. I want more of it. It's greed. It's greed. I need that. I must have that. This is a warning to us to not focus on greed. Well, I need more money. If I had more money, I would have no problems. We know that's not true. It's not the amount of money we have. God grants to us what we need if we work hard. We are to work hard. We're to make as much as we can, give as much as we can, save as much as we can. We have these principles that we know are right. But it is when there is a desire of greed. Oh, it drives people to leave their families early in the morning, sometimes for weeks at a time, and not ever see their children, not ever see their mate, but they've made a lot of money. Their bank accounts are swelling, but all of their relationships are broken. So we're warned here tonight of the danger. We will not be mastered by greed. Then we come to verses 6 through 8. We come to selfishness. Do not eat the bread of a selfish man. Now this is an interesting phrase here. Or desire his delicacies for as he thinks within himself, so is he. That is, this selfish man thinks a certain way. Selfish people think a certain way. And he says, eat and drink, but his heart's not with you. See, that's the selfish person. Hey, man, how's it going? When all the time, they're for themselves, not for you. They really don't care how it's going for you. Their heart is not with you. You'll vomit up the morsel you've eaten and you'll waste your compliments. There's nothing, there's nothing more tiring than seeking to uh, re relate to a selfish person. When we're selfish, we give no life or encouragement to anyone else. When we make life about us and not about someone else, when we love Ourself more than we love God and others. We are those like this one. We think within ourselves, here, this is for you, but we're really saying, it's for me. So we learn some very important lessons. I will not be mastered by selfishness. That has to, we have to deal with that every day. James said, why are there jealousies and selfish ambitions? They exist among you and this brings disorder of every kind. Jealousy and selfish ambition. We go on. Uh, do not speak, so I will not be mastered by giving words to people who are living like a fool. You know, I've lived like a fool. And people have tried to speak to me when I'm living like a fool. And it was of, of absolute no value because I was not willing to receive their words. Here we, hear, here we read the Word of God and it is so very helpful for us. Do not, do not, I will not be mastered by this. 
do not speak in the hearing of a fool. For he will despise the wisdom of your words. You know, it's the sneer. It's the laugh. It's the rolling of the eyes. It's the turning aside. It's the uh, silly response or joke. It's the coarse curse or whatever it may be. For some, it's actually being beaten, hit with a fist, being abused in some way. You see, do not speak, as the Aramaic says, to a dullard, for he will disdain your sensible words. You say, well, I thought I was giving this man good advice, and he just went on his way and did what he did. Yes, because he's living like a fool. You can't talk to a fool. This is the constant statement repeated through the book of Proverbs. You must wait for your opportunity to speak to someone when they're wise. When am I wise? I'm wise when I humble myself and say, I need to hear wise people and their words. I need to listen to God's word. I need to quit trying to argue and debate. Have you ever tried to talk to a fool and every time you say something, they've already got something to say back? Do not, I will not be mastered by it. Now, do not take advantage of orphans. We are warned of this repeatedly. There are business ventures and there are those who in their clamor to be wealthy and in their greed, they step on top of the orphan. They take advantage of the least. That should bother a Christian. That should bother believers. That should disturb the church. Unless we're part of that. The Word of God says clearly here, do not move the ancient boundary or go into the fields of the fatherless. I understand this is a, an agricultural word back from another time, but the picture is still clear. Don't go in and take advantage of those who can't take advantage, who cannot take care of themselves. Don't move their field markers that are agreed upon. We heard that last week as we looked at the Word of God. You don't move, this was uh, 22, 28, Proverbs 22, 28, do not move the ancient boundary which your fathers have set. There are agreements for boundaries. And do not, and do not go into the fields of the fatherless. For their Redeemer, that is the Redeemer of the fatherless, God, will plead their case against you. Be careful of taking advantage of the orphan. And, and then we have this word about applying your heart to discipline and your ears to words of knowledge. You see, that's what we do. This is how we're not mastered by anything, my friends, when we apply our heart to discipline. We say to ourselves, I have to control my ways. I have to control my thoughts. I have to discipline myself to godliness as I listen to the Word of God and rely on the Holy Spirit's help. And we... We apply our hearts to discipline and our ears to words of knowledge. That's how we're not mastered by anything. Then we go on. Do not hold back discipline from a child. So it is our responsibility to discipline children, not to avoid it. We go on in verse number 15. Notice now the appeal. My son, if your heart is wise, my own heart will also be glad. It is to us a parent's word. It is a parent's word. It's Solomon to his sons, 
but it's also God to us. What joy, God, what joy comes to the Lord when He sees that we are walking with Him. What did John say in his letter? I believe it's his second. He was rejoicing because his children, those who were followers of Jesus, those who had been saved under His ministry, were walking according to the truth. There's nothing that rejoices our heart more than when we see our children and our grandchildren live wisely. There's nothing that more joys the heart of God than to see His children, notice, with a wise heart, verse 15, and also with lips that say the right things. This is our task. This is what it means, my friends, to be, not be mastered by anything. Our hearts are wise and our lips speak what is right. Only what needs to be said comes. We go on. Do not envy sinners. I will not be mastered by envy. Notice, do not let your heart envy sinners. Boy, look how good they've got it. I have all these problems in my life. Look how good they've got it. I wish I could live with, like them. I wish I could have that. It's greed and envy. They're very close together. They're sisters. You know that, don't you? Greed and envy are sisters. Sisters that you don't really want in your heart. Greed and envy. You know these things show up in Christians' lives. You do know that. This is not something that we're exempt from. It's still in the old flesh that we must deal with in our lives. You will not be, are you being, are you envying someone today? Are you being envious? Are you living in envy? Rather than contentment, saying, God, you made me the way I'm made with what I have in order to serve you. I'm not that other person. I'm who I am in Christ, and I will live for the glory of God the rest of my days the way you made me. We avoid envy. God promises future hope to those who fear Him. Did you see it in verse 18? Do not let your heart... Envy sinners live in the fear of the Lord. Surely there's a future and your hope will not be cut off. There's where it comes. There's where hope comes, my friends. When we fear God, when we fear God, and when we do not envy sinners, our focus is upon the Lord. God promises this hope for us. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Listen, what is faith? Faith is trusting God, putting our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, with a confidence about the future. I've set my future upon what the Lord will do, and that includes heaven, which is my home. Direct your mind in the way of God's wisdom. Verse 19, listen, my son, and be wise. Direct your heart in the way. Direct your heart in the way. Look, so something's going to come in your life this week, and you have to determine how you will uh, deal with it. Direct your heart in the way. Put your heart in the place. Put your mind is what it's saying. Think in the right way about your circumstances. And the way you think rightly about these things is to say, what would the Lord have me do? And what is the wisdom of God to help me know how to handle the situation? What did Peter tell us, my friends? He told us that we have been given exceeding and precious promises for all of life and for all our circumstances. You see, everything you and I face 
God has given to us in His Word precious promises to live by. The question is, will we, will we do this? Will we direct our heart in the way? And then He says, don't be with gluttons and drunkards. Avoid parties. <laughs> Avoid parties. You know, this is, this is it. The party spirit of the world. Let's just have a party. Let's just go get drunk. Let's just go gorge ourselves and eat so much food that, that we can't even stand up. We can't even, we got to roll down in a bed. We, we're like a dog who can't stop eating. Have you ever noticed that a dog will eat as much as you give him? I mean, I, I know it's an unbelievable observation, but have you noticed that? They won't stop. They won't stop. I have witnessed a bull eat for eight hours straight in a bale of hay. He never stopped until the bale was gone. Don't associate and spend your time with drunkards and gluttons. Do not be with heavy drinkers of wine or gluttonous eaters of meat. The heavy drinker and the glutton will come to poverty. And the drowsiness and drowsiness will clothe one with rags. Listen to your father who begat you. So we, I will not be mastered by anything because I will listen to the counsel that I've received from others. You know, sometimes people say to me, well, I, my father and mother weren't Christians and they weren't they weren't um, able to give me the right kind of advice, even though all parents God gives, unless they're in some kind of terrible abusive condition, do say things to their children that are of value. They might not be what they want to hear, but these words do keep us from being mastered by things. I still think of things my father told me. I appreciate him teaching me how to get up out of the bed, go to work, you know, take care of my responsibilities, own my own, own my own mistakes. His famous one was, tell the truth, even if it hurts. Tell the truth, even if it hurts. So all of us in this room can go back to our days with our fathers and our mothers. Listen to your father who begat you, who begot you, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Perhaps I've been a preacher too long. Sometimes you see children um, when their parents are old miss an opportunity to care properly for their aging parents. Um, my prayer is, is that the Christian young adults in this church, and we have many who are crossing over to these days, some of us are are parents are already in heaven they're gone but others are in the middle of having to deal with their parents you know this is the time we honor our fathers and our mothers and God sees God sees how children honor their fathers and mothers I've lived long enough to see some who were children how they treated their parents and then a strange thing happened when they were old they experienced the same kind of treatment that they gave. So we go on. I will not be mastered by adultery. 26 to 28. 
You know, this is a problem in our world. We act like it's not, but it's everywhere. It's everywhere. The sexual looseness of our culture, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not of any uh, consequence or importance to most in the world. Adultery is a passe thing. It's almost a laughable thing. If we were sitting here with people who are our friends who are in the world, it's like, well, that's adultery. That's kind of like pretty much everybody. <laughs> the Word of God warns us about adultery because it is the breaking of a relationship between a husband and a wife, which is a great sacred thing. And so as we come to Genesis, we find the wonderful words reminding us of Adam and Eve, the two become one flesh. A man leaves his father and mother, cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh. For anything to come between that and break that relationship is adultery. Adultery destroys family. Look, some of you have come from families where your home was broken because of adultery, and as children you always thought it was your fault. Oh, the devastating impact One bad choice being mastered by it leaves a mark on the lives of many in a moment of selfish desire. So we hear these words again and again. We hear it again and again. A harlot is a deep pit, 27. And an adulterous woman is a narrow well. You know, a narrow well, if you fall in a narrow well, there is no way out unless somebody pulls you out. No way to get your hands down to your side. No way to get your feet at a narrow well. Then we come to this, which is the matter. I would, sometimes, I would call this the drunkard's mirror. I have one minute, and I won't elaborate as much as I could, but... Because this is also a laughable thing. <laughs> you mean, preacher, you're going to get up and talk about wine and liquor? It's like, what planet are you from? Why, everybody's a drinker. Everybody misuses drugs. Everybody lives in intoxication. You know, it's interesting, some who try to tell me about what is the right level of liquor and what's not? You know, any amount of liquor does intoxicate you. It's being controlled. Oh, I'm just more relaxed when I, when I drink this. Okay. Hear the drunkard's story. Who has a woe? Who has a sorrow? I could say, who has a woe? The drunkard. Who has a sorrow? The drunkard. Who has a contention? The drunkard. Who, who has complaining? Drunkards. Who has wounds without cause? Drunkards. Who has red eyes? Drunks. Those who linger long over wine, those who go to taste mixed wines, do not look on wine when it is red. It's a dangerous thing. When it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly, it bites like a serpent. It stings like a viper. You'll see strange things when you're under its influence. 
you'll see strange things. And your mind will utter perverse things. Some of us in this room have been around drunks and had to listen to their silliness and their perverseness. And you'll be like one who lies down. This is the Word of God. I'm here only to speak. The, I'm, I'm just teaching the Word of God. You'll have to decide what you do with the Word of God in a world filled with people who love to drink. And you will be like one who lies down in the middle of the sea. Or like one who lies down on the top of a mast. Now the drunkard says, as we close tonight, listen, what did I start with? I will not be mastered by anything. Well, listen, I will not be mastered by anything. Now listen to the drunkard. They struck me, but I did not become ill. They beat me, but I did not know it. When shall I wake up? I will seek another drink. That's the majority of the people who live on this planet. One time I was getting pizza. I was just minding my own business. And the liquor store was right there. The man comes out, and you would have thought he was carrying in his hands. He'd, he'd worked hard all day. You could see it on his clothes. But he carried that alcohol in that sack like a treasure. This is his God. He was about to go worship. So may the Lord help us tonight to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. And may the Holy Spirit of God help us be able to live as overcomers. Now we've heard the Word of God. Now all of us, including me, we must decide, what do we do with this? Did we just have a lesson and note some things and how it's laid out in the Bible and learn some words? Or what did I hear tonight? And what must I go do? That's living in the fear of God. Heavenly Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters. We have so few real days. We have so few days. May this church rise up to be a place of wonderful, godly, humble people who love Jesus, living in the fear of God, who say, I will not be mastered by anything. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord Jesus is near to the door. Come, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you all. God bless you. Great to see you. If you see somebody here you don't know, introduce yourself on the way out. Lord willing, see you Sunday. Have a great evening.